Good morning to everybody. <coughs> we have uh, uh, one um, announcement about the routine to make. So uh, from uh, tomorrow, we'll have the quiet week. Uh, that uh, is our, our usual, say, pattern of things. We had uh, the last week tidying up and getting things sorted after the uh, uh, the open retreat and the international elders meeting. So the quiet week will begin tomorrow, and then that will go through the next. Um, uh, observance day is the ninth, and so the quiet week will, uh, will run up until the tenth, the day after that. And so, um, please be aware of that, so we don't have the morning and evening uh, pujas except on the uh, uh, the observance day during that time. So, and then no work meetings. Is that correct? Yeah. Of course, the uh, help is always needed in the kitchen, and so that uh, people can sign up for for washing up and such like. But uh, it'll be the quiet week time. I think we're all still a, a bit drained from the uh, the big events, uh, but the, uh, this is a time to uh, say let yourself uh, catch up and uh, take care of all your own uh, individual tasks and just have time to to be quiet and to uh, to rest and to recuperate. Any other announcements to make this morning? So apparently no one has signed up yet to help with the washing up, to help with the washing up today. <laughs> so uh, we are all happy to contribute to the eating. But uh, there's no uh, no hesitation there. So if a, a few people could uh, uh, say uh, offer to help out with that, that would be much appreciated. So I'm uh, beginning a uh, uh, to lead a ten day retreat this evening at the retreat center, and. Uh, the the theme for the the uh, not, we don't always give a theme to our retreats but occasionally we do and so the the theme that uh, uh, we have for this one is uh, uh, mind is what matters and the um, uh, what was uh, the say the the thinking or the reasoning behind this during the winter retreat uh, during a lot of the readings and the uh, the time for reflection and meditation, uh, it seemed to, to be a very a significant and, and rich theme to explore. And particularly, uh, when uh, obviously meditation is a lot about the mind and our way of life here is built around meditation. But in, in particular, what, uh, in, what I, I've been interested to look at and explore is how for each of us, the world that we experience, we think of, I, I am moving around in the world and the world is like this. You know, we have uh, Amravati has these buildings and these people and it has this address and t you know, today is Friday, June the 2nd and it's uh, uh, 7.47 in the morning and, and that's the world. Yeah. But we, we miss the fact that the world that, uh, that we know is the world of our own experience. It's, it's pieced together from hearing, seeing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking, remembering. It's uh, fabricated from the language that we speak, the memories that we have. And uh, <clears throat> we, we miss the fact that what we experience, uh, all of us, uh, every moment of our life, is a mental event. And uh, we, we feel that I'm, uh, I have this body, and the world is this material place, and it has sky and trees and land and uh, people and things. Uh, and 
on one level that's true, but the, uh, throughout our entire life, the only world we've ever known is the world of our own experience. Has anyone had any experience that was not through the, the agency of their own mind? Hands up. <laughs> Everything all of us have ever experienced from birth has been uh, put together through our own perceptions, our own minds. So the, it's not really the world, it's our world. That's what is experienced. So that uh, when our experiences match with other people's, we call ourselves sane. When they don't match other people's experiences, then we, we, uh, we call that insane, or at least opinionated, yeah. or, or biased. So that uh, the more that we can reflect upon the, uh, the conditioned and subjective nature of our experience, that what I'm experiencing is not the world, but my world, <laughs> then that makes it much easier for us to, uh, to understand that somebody else's world might be very different. Uh, yesterday, I was at a garden party at Buckingham Palace. And myself and Ajahn Congret and uh, Caroline were invited to go to a, a garden party. That's a very different world to Amravati. No one wears hats, at least not with feathers in here. <laughs> the, uh, the, it's a whole different world. Uh, the the uh, um, palace organizers, they, they go to great lengths to invite people from all around the country in various different walks of life. I think about 80 or 90% of the people who come are not from the sort of high, uh, high and mighty um, upper classes, but rather they're people who run local libraries, who look after school lunches, who are the, uh, the, the uh, mayor of a, of a, a small country town. Uh, they're from Scotland and Wales, Cornwall, uh, Essex, yeah, East Anglia, all over the country. And so it's a, a big gathering of people, but it's everyone's dressed in their finery like devatas. And the main event is just the queen walking across the lawn, having her tea and walking back again. That's all that happens. It's kind of, it's like a huge non-event for 3,000 people. That everyone dresses up in their finery for nothing to happen, except to have a cup of tea and walk around in the garden. So, uh, the, um, uh, but it's a, a very, very different universe. Even traveling there uh, on the train, on the tube, is very different from life at Amravati. So, when we uh, uh, reflect on that kind of uh, perspective, that this is the, my experience of being at Buckingham Palace, and it, and it feels like this, then it was, it was very delightful. We didn't have to organize anything. We just had to bring our tickets and show up. <laughs> The, the person who invited us was uh, the master of the royal household, quote-unquote. He says, my name's the master. I'm called the master. Last week we had the, all of the former doctor, Doctors Who, <laughs> the actors who played Doctor Who in the past. And he said, and I made that joke. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm called the master, but I'm not a villain. And none of them laughed. <laughs> I thought it was a very villainous name, but uh, no one seemed to quite get the joke. They should get with the program. <laughs> So he's a very sweet fellow, but he had, a, uh, he had the job of organizing and overseeing the whole thing. Uh, so it made, <clears throat> made me have um, some compassion for him. It made our events of the last couple of weeks seem somewhat smaller scale. <laughs> but uh, they, uh, it was, uh, uh, say, stepping into a different world and to, to reflect, oh, this is, this is uh, uh, where 
say, the, uh, the Open Retreat and the International Elders Meeting, that's uh, got uh, my name on it as a respons uh, responsible for helping to look after and arrange things. And so then it's perceived in a certain way. It says, our place and our events, and it's this way. You go to somewhere else like Buckingham Palace, it's someone else's event. It's done their way. I don't have responsibility. So if we are able to uh, simply uh, attend to the, the flow of perceptions and to see, oh, this is my perception. This is, this is the experience of something being my responsibility. This is the experience of something not being my responsibility. <laughs> if we are uh, able to reflect, oh, this is something that's familiar. This is something that's unfamiliar. Here is where I know what to say. Here is where I don't know what to say. Then the more that we're able to reflect upon the, uh, the, f uh, the world and ourselves as a, a flow of, of perceptions, patterns of consciousness uh, arising and ceasing, and the more we're able to be adaptable, the more that we're able to not, uh, say, get fixed on the idea that, no, this is not my opinion, this is reality. <laughs> this is not just my, my point of view. Yeah, this is how it is, Ajahn. <laughs> and that even though we might feel that, and we, that if we ref learn to reflect in this way, we realize, well, this is the feeling that I'm right, <laughs> or this is really true, or it should be this way. That's what this feeling is. It doesn't mean it, that there's any kind of absolute thing that should be a certain way. This should be blue or red, or we should put the, you know, the, the door here rather than there. We might feel that uh, to be an absolute certainty, but if we learn to reflect upon experience and the, the nature of mind in this way, we realize, oh, this is the feeling of certainty that it should be blue, <laughs> not red. And uh, the more we're able to do that, the more we're able to, say, attune in a, in a genuine and practical way with the time, the place, the situation. And we can learn to empathize, to understand, to have kindness, compassion, understanding for other people's points of view or the points of view of other, other beings, other creatures. And the, in this way, through this uh, disin, disentangling, the, the non-identification, the non-ownership of our, the perceptions of this body, this mind, this world, then we find a, a, a tremendous ease and peace within us. We find ourselves adaptable to all circumstances. Squashed on the tube with 150 other people, <laughs> the London Underground, walking around Buckingham Palace. It feels a bit like you've wandered into some sort of comic opera, like you've kind of walked into a Gilbert and Sullivan opera, but you, don't, you haven't got any lines to, to, uh, to say. <laughs> whether you know what's going on or you don't know what's going on, whether it's familiar or unfamiliar, your heart can be at peace, can be completely at ease in, in, in every circumstance. So anyway, that's the theme for uh, this 10-day uh, retreat, so we'll see what... Uh, see what emerges over, over the period and to uh, explore those particular areas of, of teaching and understanding.